My name is Tim Roy, and welcome to the Warriors Box Podcast and Audio Experience. What does that mean? Well, Warriors Box is my handle on Twitter, as I am the voice of the Golden State Warriors and have been for three decades, and it has been one of the greatest jobs that anyone could ever have, even when things weren't so good for the Warriors. I knew that I was working for a great fan base, a passionate, knowledgeable fan base. So what we're going to do here, and we hope you love the concept, is we're going to do a non-traditional podcast. And what does that mean? In our daily work, we have access to audio, all kinds of audio. And in my mind, why not use that to help you, the fan, be entertained and informed at the same time? So when you tune in here, you may get a typical podcast one week, but maybe the next week, after the Warriors play some stirring game against a quality opponent, we may run some highlights and have R.C. Davis put together highlights and sound bites to kind of relive the moment, if you will. And I hope that you don't shy away from giving me feedback on Twitter or X or however you want to call it, as my Twitter handle is at WarriorsVox, and we'll take suggestions or tell us if you like what we're doing or don't like what we're doing, and so on and so forth. So without further ado, let's get right at it. On Monday, October 2nd, it was media day, and that's when the players and coaches are put through their paces. A lot of house cleaning, if you will, for media to use throughout the season. It's also the first time in the 23-24 campaign that the players are put on the podium to answer questions from the media. And usually these exchanges are quite good, at least in our experience over the last decade or so, because we have so many engaging characters. So let's start with a big kahuna, Stephen Curry. Coming back, he had a uh, huh, momentous summer. So let's hear part of that conversation and what Steph had to say about the arrival of Chris Paul and the start of a new season. Yeah, it sunk in for sure. Um, we got through all the pleasantries in the summer. We got together multiple times with the whole team. Definitely it's weird. Obviously, you go through battles for years and you kind of acknowledge the awkwardness of it at first. But the fact that you know he is who he is in terms of uh, you know, his, his career, the way that he's uh, competed at the highest level for so long, the fact that he's motivated to, you know, help us do what we need to do this year, um, the way that he's approached everything has been awesome. So it's, there's probably still be moments when you get so closer to, you know, the games and regular season where you see him out there and it's like, oh, yeah, he's with us. But I think the bigger picture is that he – uh He's approaching everything the right way, and excited to have him. Excited to see what changes and ways we can adapt to him in the lineup and you know, different rotations that we can put out there. So he just knows how to play basketball. We know that, and excited to uh, to put it together. Warriors guard Stephen Curry. If you want to hear the entire session, you can go to SoundCloud.com slash Warriors for all your Warriors audio goodness. One of the items I like to check off on media day is to talk to some of the players who have been invited to camp. They may be fighting for one spot. They may be fighting for a spot to go down to Santa Cruz. But no matter what it is, they're trying to keep their NBA dream going. I find this fascinating, and I always have a soft spot in my heart for these players because they are truly trying to live the dream, and nothing for them is guaranteed. We're going to meet a few of those on today's session, and I'm going to bring R.C. Davis on here. And, R.C., I'm not sure if you know this, but that Beyonce is from Missouri City, Texas, and we have a player on the Warriors from Missouri City, Texas. Did I know we had a player from Missouri City, Texas? And did I know that the Queen Bee 
was from Missouri City, Texas? Of course I didn't. But here Tim spoke with a 6'6 lanky guard trying to make an impact in training camp. I got Williams with his chest. First of all, uh, Donovan Williams, uh, Golden State Warrior. How does that how make you feel? Um, it feels good, man. It's a blessing to be here. Um, kind of went through a lot to get here. So, man, it kind of gives you a little, a little special appreciation for uh, just a blessing like this for me especially. Now, you're from uh, Texas. You're from uh, Missouri City, I believe. Yes, so is Beyonce going to be at our game so watching you play? <laughs> All right, look, don't don't clown me for this, but Beyonce is low-key in my family. You know how people be like, all right, well, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm related to it. Like, no, Beyonce is low-key in my family. So I don't know if she'll be at a game, <laughs> but, you know, maybe we could, I could reach out to some of the fam and maybe we can get that bug in the ear. I mean, she's already a fan of the Warriors, so it shouldn't be hard. Missouri City's right outside of Houston toward the Sugar Land area, and, and uh, there's some really out, you know, some outstanding athletes from, from Missouri City as well as entertainers. But let's get back to you a little bit. And, and uh, you know how difficult it is to get to this league. What does this training camp mean to you? Um, it means everything to me. I think uh, my rookie season was very up and down. You know, I had a lot of high moments, um, a couple low moments, and I think – just that roller coaster of understanding how this business works and how this game is going and where it's headed. Um, just a, a blessing to even be able to make it to training camp. You know, you see a lot of guys, you know, try their best in the summer and then they can't make it. They got to end up overseas. So, you know, when you get to a moment like this, you kind of got to soak it all in because you got to understand that it does take a lot of work and it does take a lot of, you know, favor, you know, from, you know, the man up above to just – have him on your side and, you know, just go through, like, the trials and tribulations of life. And then to, you know, have a blessing like this kind of fall in your lap, um, it just makes you that more grateful. For our, our fans who have not seen you play or not familiar with your game, describe your game and what would you like to get better at? Um, I think the biggest thing about my game that I like, I mean, I feel like I'm a Swiss – I call myself a Swiss Army knife. You know, like, I can dribble, I can pass, I can shoot, I can defend – I'm athletic. I can get up and down the court. So for me, I like to consider myself a playmaker on both sides of the ball. Someone who's just, you know, whatever is needed to be done to win the game, whatever play needs to be made, I make it. You know, I can go out there and I can guard your best score, you know, if I needed to. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, especially what I'm trying to get better at, is just my leadership. You know, being a young guy coming in, I think the, the first step for me is being in a group and uh, organization like this with guys like Steph and Clay and Draymond and really just watching them and seeing their everyday process and their work and understanding why they are the players that they are. And I think that's going to be the thing that separates, that takes my game to the next level because I, I believe I have all the talent. I have the confidence. I have the skill, the athleticism. It's the, the nuances of the game, understanding the little things that you know, only championship teams know, only Hall of Fame guys know. And everybody's not best blessed to play with Hall of Famers. So I'm going to, how, how they say, milk that cow for everything yeah. it has. Yeah. You know, it's funny because you're going to be working after practice. You're going to look over. Clay's going to be working. Mm -hmm. Steph's going to be working on his stuff. Draymond's going to take some extra shots. So, yeah, you're going to have a lot to to, uh, to look at. And the other part, I was interested in when you said you were a Swiss Army knife. We had a player here who lasted in the NBA for – what, 16 years, and that's Andre Iguodala. Exactly. Do you like his game? Absolutely. I think if you look at if you look at my game and you look at his game, you see a lot of parallels. I think a lot of times, like, you look around the league like a guy like Mikael Bridges. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like that is that is probably the, the clearest comparison that you can make just a young Mikael Bridges is 
being able to come in and be durable and make plays. I think every team is looking for a guy like myself that's young, energetic, that can bring energy. You know, I have the offensive ability and I have the defensive ability. So every team's kind of like looking for that right now, just somebody that can come in and take the load off, you know, guy like Wiggins, um, guy like Clay. You know, so I think that's that's really where I fall into line. I'm not looking to come in and be a 30-point-per-game scorer. Um, the good thing about me is that if I needed to be, I could. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So I think that's the best thing about myself. I have all these gifts and I have all these tools that, you know, at any given time I can just pull out of my toolbox. So it'll be interesting to see how much I get to pull out this season with this team. The beginning of our interview, you mentioned you had a lot, you know, you've gone through a lot just to get here tell me a little bit about your story and and uh how did you fall in love with the game and who are some of the people that helped get you here um I think my story is it's pretty simple you know I think I I wasn't very highly touted you know growing up I was able to kind of crack the top 100 before I left high school um that wasn't really a that was a big milestone for me just because I was able to kind of work my way through that. I think everything with me just, my middle name, real life should be adversity. You know, I think that is that is the one thing that has been consistent throughout my journey. And that's why I say like, I'm very blessed to be here because you know, you, you know a lot of guys and you see a lot of guys go through adversity and they go through tough times and they really just don't make it out. You know, mentally um, it can get hard. So I think for me, like I've always stayed, like I said, that confidence has never left me no matter what's been going um, on around me. So I think uh, one of my biggest influences was John Lucas and my father. Um, John Lucas was my only trainer, like, growing up as I came up. And so he kind of instilled in me that that thick skin and understanding, like, the world that I'm walking into and this business and this game that I love so much um, and what to expect. So I think for me, having him by my side, my older sister played in the WNBA, so – she was able to, I was able to, you know, see her journey and kind of what it's like being a pro. So I've had a lot of examples just around me. Um, and I think just watching them and using them as lessons has, has been beneficial to me for a lot. Well, nobody knows uh, the adversity and how to bounce back better than John Lucas. Absolutely. So so for from here on out on Warriors Radio, you're going to be D-A-W. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. I appreciate the time. Thank you, my man. Appreciate you. So did you know that, R.C.? And tell me a little bit about what you like about Donovan Williams, who's been invited to the Warriors camp, and what do you see about his possibilities in the NBA? A wise man once said you can never have enough shooting. Well, a 22-year-old can flat out stroke it nearly 44% from the arc his junior season at UNLV. And with that long wingspan, he could be a terrific wing defender. Donovan Williams seems like a really nice kid, and we hope the best for him. Now, for the other splash brother on the Warriors, Clay Thompson, at this point last year, was saying that he was cautious over the summer, didn't want to pick up a basketball and play pickup because he was worried about being injured again. Nobody can blame him for that. But this year, it's been a little different for Clay in the offseason. So let's hear what the other splash brother had to say on Media Day. It was great. Got to play some ball. And just uh, have fun while doing it. And that's always uh, what we love to do as basketball players is uh, play play pickup and sharpen our skills. And when you have time off, you make the most of it. That's what I did. You have as many veterans as we do. We're, if, 
it makes it easy for everybody to be on the same page and then to integrate the young guys will be a easier transition too because we got so many great leaders and guys who have experienced decade plus in this league and uh, we're all very hungry to have great success this year and we don't bring in guys or the front office doesn't bring in guys who don't share that same passion so I'm really excited to get going. Clay Thompson didn't have his best postseason, but people forget after the first of the year, he had a stretch of games where he was one of the best players in the league and maybe the best warrior on the floor. So I would expect another banner year from number 11. If you watched the Warriors play in Summer League, and I know you did, one player that stood out for his floor game, as well as his quickness and ball handling, was guard Kendrick Davis. He's out of Memphis. And and RC, I know you were at Summer League. How impressed were you with a six foot guard from Memphis? Well, can they lift Kendrick Davis at six foot? That means I'm six foot, I guess, since we looked eye to eye and I'm only five eleven. But he is undersized, but he is an electric scorer. He can score from anywhere on the floor, has a nice step back jumper. He was one of the most electrifying players in the Las Vegas Summer League. So if you're looking for one of those third guard, quick off the bench types, Kendrick is your guy. Davis, got it. So coming into your camp here with the Golden State Warriors, you're wearing a Warriors uniform. How does that, uh, how's that make you feel? Uh, great, man. I grew up, I got a couple, couple heartbreaking wounds from watching Steph when I was a kid. Uh, when they lost the finals, I, I chipped my tooth running through the house crying. And I mean, I still got the teeth, you know, chipped to this day just from them. And it's crazy. I got the jersey on with them now. <laughs> you chipped your tooth? Yeah. Uh, I think Kyrie hit the, the side step three right. to, to put them up. And uh, I ran in the house screaming, fell. I had on socks. I slipped and failed and bust my teeth. And now me and my mom talk about it all the time. You, you on the same team as. That's got to be. That's a crazy way to relate it. But but boy, what a story! Uh, you had a, a great year last year with Memphis. You were third team All American. You were an AAC Player of the Year before that with with SMU. And I watched you in summer league, and you have a certain uh, confidence to your game. What gives you that kind of confidence? Uh, honestly, just the work I put in every day. Um, in this game, confidence is everything, as you know. I mean, everybody can play, but it's who's going to have the most confidence, and you get your confidence from the work. And uh, I think I really wasn't able to show what I, I – I, I was able to show more. I was stealing my feelings from the draft night a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, now that I'm over that, you know, I'm gaining confidence, learning every day from Steph and Chris Paul, which, you know, can't too many rookies around the league, so they get to watch that every day. So I'm blessed. What's interesting, too, is I, that some plane flight, I'll, I'll call you back and I'll show you a list of guys who had played 10 years or more without being drafted. So, you're, you you know, there's a whole bunch of players. There's a lot of a lot of room for guys who aren't drafted. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm, I'm already knowing. I, I got great dudes around the league who always told me, you, you're going to be a vet in this league for a long time. So, that's ne- never my focus, you know. It's not about who get there first. It's about who lasts the longest. So that's my biggest worry. One of the other things I noticed in Summer League was watching you pass the ball. That, to me, was the most impressive thing I saw you do in Summer League. What is it that – how did you learn to, to figure out how plays work and where guys are going to be open? Because it could seem like, you know, you had a couple of plays where you could have made a safe pass to the wing, but you found a guy underneath and you, it looked like you knew he was going to be open. 
Yeah, that was one of my biggest knocks coming out of college was uh, he put up a lot of points, you know, could he run a team? And, you know, I think I was able to, you know, show in summer league that I just had to do what I had to do to get a win in college. But I'm able to adapt. And, I mean, being a point guard is, you know, first nature to me. And I get to learn from two point guards. So, I mean, I'm still growing. And, you know, hopefully we do this interview again next year and y'all see the growth. That would be wonderful. I hope for that. Just a couple more questions before you, Kendrick, before I let you go. And and I guess one would be that that you come into this situation as you mentioned. You're going to be watching. You're going to be learning. And and but you had an opportunity to stay in Memphis. You worked out for them as as well. What was the deciding factor for you? Man, three things: Steph, Steph and Curry, Chris Paul, and <laughs> the Golden State Warriors. I mean. You watch what they've done over the years. They didn't got everybody, you know, paid throughout the league. Gary Payton. I mean, I watched the growth with Lester Keonis, um, Jerome Robinson, uh, Juan Toscano. Right. Like, you just see the growth. Uh, Chris Chioza. You just see, you know, the growth in the basketball they play here. And um, no disrespect to Memphis, but, I mean, that's like – the Chiefs right now, you know, in football. Like, you want if you're a quarterback, you want to go watch what Mahomes do your first couple of years. So I just wanted to watch two Hall of Famers and start my career off that way. How did Penny Hardaway help you to prepare for this? Oh, uh, man, that was tremendous help, you know, just having a dude like that who was, who was a great NBA player too and got a chance to keep it real with me. And I used to ask him a lot of questions, like, you think I can play in the NBA? Like, if you couldn't, I'd tell you you couldn't. You can, but, you know, how you start your career is going to be everything. And um, I get a chance to start it with the, you know, best dynasty that been had and Steph Curry, Chris Paul. And, I mean, I just get to learn from everybody in here. Draymond, you know, is one of the smartest guys in the NBA. So, I mean, five years down the line, I'll be thanking them guys for sure. Final question. It's always uh, a journey for you, but it's also a journey for your family. How are they reacting, and, and what, were, what is their reaction to you being here? Oh, they love it. My mom, sister, all their favorite players, Ben Steph Curry. So for them, they just they want me to become a splash brother. So I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to become one of them. <laughs> well, you'll see, you'll find out pretty quickly. The Splash Brothers put a lot of work in to be the Splash Brothers. You, you're, you'll be right there with them. Thank you so much for the conversation, and best of luck. Appreciate you. Thank you. We know the odds are long for Kendrick Davis, but I'm really curious to see how it all pans out for him because I think he's got real potential. And like a lot of small guards who come in the league, he's got a chip on his shoulder, and that's a great motivating force for a player to overcome the stereotypes. One player that did that, one player that did that at the beginning of his NBA career and has turned it into a Hall of Fame career is Draymond Green. Draymond sprained an ankle playing pickup ball recently. He's not going to be on the floor for the first couple of weeks, but Draymond is ready mentally for the season and the challenge of working with Chris Paul, who might be as opinionated as Draymond. Let's hear what Draymond had to say on Media Day. Well, I think there's definitely going to be some differences, and I think one of the things that will be important to keep up with is Chris uh, because Chris will have his – his own view of how certain things should work. And like, you just, you just don't take that and throw it away. Like it's Chris Paul and he's one of the smartest players to play this game. So he's going to have some things, uh, say some things, see some things 
that quite frankly, nobody else may see or say, you know? And so I think from just from that perspective alone um, is a difference. Like that's a totally different force um, to be reckoned with, you know? And like I said, that'll come with some different things, some different vantage points. That'll come with, ah, man, I see y'all doing this this way. Uh, what do y'all think about doing it this way? And then you look at it like, ah, that makes sense. I wouldn't have thought of that. And all of a sudden, something we've been doing this way changes, you know? And so I think uh, just just understanding all of those things um, will be important. And, uh, you know, Steve, like you said, Steve will teeter with things during the preseason. That is the time to do that. And so, you know, but I think for us, the goal is to get our foot in as quickly as we can, uh, kind of settle into who we are, who we want to be as quickly as we can, and then go from there. Hey, Jay, on. Oh, Colin Ward-Henninger, CBS Sports. Um, going, Kind of going back to what you are saying about Chris Paul, you've been the lead playmaker on this team, assist guy, for a long time. Uh, but even with all that experience, what can you learn? I don't see that changing now. No, I look no that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. No, that's not where I was going. I was. It, it's friendly. No. Um, yeah, what can you learn from a guy like Chris I Paul? Think, I think uh, number one, uh, for me to learn, like anytime you get to learn from a guy like Chris Paul, uh, you're lucky, you know. Um, and so for me, I'm looking forward to the opportunity. I always, I have this saying, I always walk around talking to guys like, I see everything. I'm a point guard, you know, and it's just, I, it could be us sitting here and I see this thing like I'm a point guard. I see that. But like to actually uh, have a guy like Chris Paul to learn from uh, the experience that he has, um, when you talk about mastering the point guard position, he mastered that position. He's one of the most incredible uh, playmakers we, we've we've seen in this league. Uh, it's funny because I was talking with a couple friends, um, Travis in particular, the other day, and when we were sitting and we were talking with a couple of the young guys, and 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 I thought it was very interesting some of the things that the young guys had to say, and we were just talking about pickup, like. Uh, a couple of the young guys was was playing on Chris' team, and he was telling us some of the things that Chris was saying and doing with like him and Kaminga, and I was just sitting there, and Travis and I were sitting there looking at each other like, wow, like. And the first thing Travis said is, wow, I got to teach TJ that. TJ is Travis' son, my nephew. He's like, wow, I got to teach TJ that, and like. This wasn't, we weren't even sitting with Chris. Like we weren't anywhere. Chris were, wasn't even in the same place we were. Um, but yet, and still we're sitting there essentially learning from Chris, you know, and I think that is um, a something that you just, you, you can't quantify that, you know, uh, because that is influence, you know? And so, that, like I said, that's without Chris being there. So now imagine Chris there and the things that you get to learn. Because what we learned in that situation, it, it was from Chris' perspective in a sense, but it wasn't from Chris, you know, and yet you'll have Chris there to learn from. And so, man, I'm extremely excited about the opportunity to learn from him. I think uh, even in, you know, one thing that, you know, when I look at Chris's career, one thing he's been absolutely incredible at is bringing younger guys along. And that's something that I feel like I can be so much better at. So to have someone like that to learn from, I think is uh, pretty incredible. I'm very excited to see Draymond Green and Chris Paul on the floor together to see what they come up with. Two of the smartest players of their generation, two of the smartest of all time.
we continue going from the podium to going to players who are trying to get to a podium at some point in their career. Javen Johnson, like many in today's age, played at a number of different colleges, ended up at DePaul. And one area that jumped off the page to me when I was researching Javen is the fact that he can shoot the ball. And as we know, in today's NBA, R.C. Davis, you can't have enough shooting. You certainly cannot. And the six foot six Johnson showed that shooting capability almost 42% from beyond the arc at the ball. Here's Tim's chat with Javen Johnson. Work around to Javen Johnson for three. Well, Javen, it's uh, an NBA camp. You've got an NBA jersey, a Golden State Warrior jersey on. How's it make you feel? Man, it's amazing. First, uh, first. You know, preseason, first training camp, first go around with everything. And so I'm just embracing it, taking it all in. What uh, was the process that got you here? Uh, I went through college and, you know, found myself here. I went to Iowa State and DePaul. And Troy, well, Troy first and then Iowa State and DePaul. Um, and you were in the situation in the offseason. Why, why sign here? Were there other opportunities for you? Yeah, there were a few other teams that uh, wanted to sign me, but I, I felt like this was the best situation. You were second leading scorer for DePaul last year, and one of the strengths it looks like for your game is is your ability to shoot the ball with range. Now you're coming to a team that has maybe two of the best shooters who've ever played this game. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to take from that, and what do you think you can gain from that? That's uh, a lot that I can gain from, and I learned a lot just by watching them each day, how they work and you know their footwork and just different things that they do to help them shoot at a high level. And so I, I learned a lot just by watching. And so I, I've been learning a lot from them. I feel like it's enhanced me. When did you start to fall in love with the game? Uh, I fell in love with it when I was maybe two or three years old. I, my, my granddad bought me a basketball goal, and ever since then, I've just been playing. Was it one of those little goals? Yeah, one of the little small, <laughs> little small You were goals. dunking it. <laughs> yeah, with the little, little small balls and everything. So ever since then, I just had the love for it. And then I, I would play the game, play 2K and stuff like that, and it just – I, I fell in love with it. At some point when players are going through their high school or their college years, I mean, we, you know, we all get out in the driveway and dream of you doing it. But then there, there are some players who realize, hey, I might have a chance at doing this and make it my living. When was that light bulb going on for you? And, and uh, you know, who are some of the coaches and maybe some of your teammates that helped you? Uh, I would I would probably say Iowa State. Once I got to Iowa State and I seen uh, – you guys are probably familiar with Tyrese Halliburton. Oh yeah, uh, I would work out with him in the mornings and just I seen his work everything. I seen like where he was projected to go, and I'm like I could do that too. You know what I'm saying? And so after that, that, that kind of gave me the confidence that I I knew that I could play at that level in the NBA. And how about some of the, the coaches that helped you along the way? Uh, I would say Coach Coach Parham at DePaul. He kind of helped put uh, put me in position. We would work out in the mornings and stuff and. He, he kind of motivated me that, that last year at DePaul to, to go ahead and get over the hump and get here. And what uh, do you think will be the biggest challenge for you and and the thing that maybe you have to make your biggest adjustment? Uh, uh, I would just say the physicality of the game, maybe. Uh, I could pretty sh- shoot at a high level with, with a lot of these guys that's in the league right now. And so that's going to be kind of what I bring offensively. But I would just say the physicality, so getting my body right and, and mind right ready to, you know, play at this level. When you're not playing hoop, what are you doing? Uh, I like to I like to go sightsee. So, uh, like in San Francisco, I, I just went to the Golden Gate Bridge the other day. Uh, I went to Dolores Park the other day. Uh, just just going to see different things. 
And a day, if you get a day off Alcatraz, I highly recommend it. It's a great, great tour. Yeah, so. definitely got to go there soon. <laughs> definitely got to go there soon. And a final question. How's your family de- dealing with all this, and, and, and uh, what's their reaction been like to this? Yeah, they've been very happy for me. Uh, I'm from Alabama, so it, I'm the first person to ever, you know, get to this, to get this far from, from my city. And so uh, it's a blessing, for real, for real, to be in this position. And they, they, they loving it just like I am as well. He's from Decatur, Alabama, so he's a bear. But so uh, best of luck in training camp, and, and it's great to have you on board. I appreciate you. So, R.C., when you look at Javon Johnson, do you see a 3-and-D wing? I do. His body type is almost identical to fellow training camp invite, who we spoke with earlier, Donovan Williams. And with their wingspan and athleticism, they could be a nice fit. That's Javon Johnson, who hopes to be a big story in training camps for years to come. One player that's already a big story, not only here with the Warriors, but league-wide, is Chris Paul. That's right, Chris Paul, the player the Warriors had to face so many times in the playoffs, a player they had to go through to get back to the NBA Finals. As fate would have it, as they say, he is now a Golden State Warrior. And it is a tantalizing story to look forward to. How will Chris Paul fit in? Now, because of Draymond's injury, he will start Saturday when the Warriors open the preseason against the L.A. Lakers. And if you go through the Warriors over the last few years, they've started different lineups depending on the matchup, the day, and how certain players are feeling. So I don't think the starting lineup is that big of an issue. But fitting in with the Warriors, that's that's the issue that I want to see how well Chris Paul can adapt to the Warriors' style of play, which has not been necessarily the style that he's played throughout his NBA career. Chris Paul at the podium talking to the assembled press. plays a role. Um, it's funny. Um, Dre is always sort of this villain. You know, he was damn sure one when I was on, on another team. But you get a chance to be around a team and you see what he means to this team, what he means to this organization, and everybody, you know, plays their part. And that's why team sports and teams works because, you know, got a friend of mine, Killer Mike, who always says uh, when when everybody does a little, no one has to do a lot. And, uh, you know, that's what I hope to bring to this team. Hi, Chris. Uh, Joe Fonzie from KTVU. In addition to Draymond talking about the high-profile matchups that you guys have had that were so competitive, he also said that you're a, a big influence on the younger players. Is that something that you consciously do? And and if so, how can you help them with your years of experience? Um, It's not like I come in here and say, yo, what the young guys doing every day? You know, it's just, I mean, from for, for my life, I've always been vertically challenged, so I've never been a power forward or a center, right? I've always played point guard or in football, I was a quarterback or, I mean, I was the union president and all this stuff. So you understand, like, with leadership, you got to bring everybody along, (laughs) you know? And so uh, in order for our team to be good, you know, it can't be the vets over here and the young guys over there. You know, it it takes the team. And so uh, we all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses. So I think one of my strengths has always been to try, at least try. ain't always perfect, but I at least try to make sure I uh, bring people together. Chris Paul was in a Warriors uniform on Monday, but he already had been in a Warriors uniform in a State Farm commercial. So he's starting to get used to wearing the gold and blue. Before we say goodbye for this Warriors Vox podcast, the WNBA and the Golden State Warriors made a huge announcement on Thursday, awarding the Bay Area its own WNBA franchise. Here's WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert. 
since joining the WNBA as commissioner in 2019, I have often been asked, when will the WNBA expand? And for the most part, my response has always been, when the time is right, we had a lot of work to do. Well, the right time, the right moment is today. And I'm very pleased to announce that the WNBA is coming to the Bay Area. Yeah. Over the last 18 months, we've held bid meetings with a handful of potential markets optimistic for this moment. We've used three consistent pillars when evaluating the data for an expansion team. A team in a city that provides a platform for deep and innovative fan engagement, has a clear path for stakeholder and franchise success, and adds value to the current WNBA content, media, and entertainment footprint. And the San Francisco Bay Area has proven to meet the mark and well exceed the mark in each of those three areas. The Bay Area is firmly aligned with our already strong fan base of diverse and engaged basketball fans. This is a hub for women's sports with six Division I women's basketball teams in the Bay Area, three which are represented today, thank you, and strong existing viewership for the women's NCAA as well as the WNBA, even without a team. So, And you all know it's a global hub of technology and commerce and innovation with 37 of the Fortune 500 companies based here, 102 of the Russell 1000 having their headquarters here in the Bay Area. And then to the players in the game, it has never been better in competitive play at the highest level, but we all know that WNBA represents more than just basketball. WNBA players give it their all on the court, but they also serve as ambassadors of empowerment, community service, and determination in the markets in which they live and work. We can't wait to see how the impact here in the Bay Area grows right here with this additional team. This is a thrilling time for the WNBA as the longest tenured women's professional sports league in the United States. We just concluded our successful 27th regular season. We saw record-breaking viewership, attendance, digital engagement, and we are heading into the WNBA finals on Saturday where the reigning champion Las Vegas Aces will take on the New York Liberty who are making their first appearance in the finals in over 20 years. This is sure to be an outstanding finals. And now the Bay Area will get to witness that firsthand because of the unwavering commitment and dedication of two special people to my right, Joe Lacob and Peter Guber, uh, and the whole staff here at the Golden State Warriors, Brandon. The core values of teamwork, integrity, and excellence make them an ideal fit for the WNBA. So today we embark on a journey that will leave an indelible mark on the world of women's professional basketball. We invite everyone to join us, and I want to take the opportunity to say how much we look forward to working together and to say, Joe and Peter, if you could come up, I'd like to present you with an official WNBA basketball and make an official welcome to the WNBA. The yet-to-be-named team will begin play in the 2025 season at Chase Center. Tim? Hi, Tim Roy, and that's the first of the Warriors Vox podcast and audio experience. We know a little bit different than what you're used to with podcasts, but we hope you enjoyed the information, the interviews, and listening to the players at the podium. My thanks to R.C. Davis, as always, for his audio wizardry and, of course, for his patience. I'm Tim Roy. Till next time on the Warriors Box Podcast.